Off top, in 1934, U.S. government printed $100,000 bills with Woodrow Wilson's face on them. Today, that will be worth $2.25 million. Play the music. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. All right, Charlie, I, I picked the money uh, off top intentionally because, good Lord, Jalen Hurts just got sexier. He yeah. went from being a handsome guy who's kind of rich to uh, who cares what you look like because you got 177 guaranteed and 255 over five years. Get real cute. I know you watch Succession, too. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, Logan – R.I.P. He was uh, had some attractive women around, even though he was not the cutest because his money was quite long. So Jalen Hurts, like Logan Roy, is the centerpiece to everything that happens in the Eagles world. So he deserves all that money. I'm happy for him. There's not a whole bunch to talk about. I think it's a, a fair deal. He got a huge jump in the um, fully guaranteed, well, not fully guaranteed, in the guaranteed money. I think it was like 100 who was before that? I guess um, Russell had like a hundred guarantee, right? Uh, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. I mean, I thought Kyler Murray's guarantees were lower than Russell. But anyway, it's a it's a huge jump. It's uh, in guaranteed money. I think the conversation is like how this impacts um, Lamar's negotiations. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. One of the big things that we always talk about is once you pay your quarterback, it gets uh, more difficult, I guess, to win a championship. But the Eagles have done so well with these draft picks that something that you and I talk about a lot is how important it is, I think, to draft well in order to win a Super Bowl. And that includes drafting quarterback well, but you got to get discounts. And when you get great players at rookie prices, your team is going to be good. And they had two draft picks last year in the first round. They have two this year in the first round. Some of these boys going to hit and they are going to be all right for years to come. And actually, I think it's interesting. We saw how the Eagles have allocated their money in a certain way. Like they are turning over their mm-hmm. defense next year to guys on rookie contracts, to Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean in certain ways and being like, we are going to prioritize our spending on Jalen Hurts. And I think that's fascinating, not because it's a, a you know, it's a, you're paying a franchise quarterback. It's fascinating because they are paying Jalen Hurts off of last year and what they think he can be going forward. And I think that is a resounding uh, endorsement of the player that I think we're going to see over the course of this contract. And it's something we've talked about in the past about the Lamar Jackson stuff and about other quarterback conferences uh, contracts. It's not about the 177 guaranteed. He's getting $51 million every year for the course of that deal. He's getting the 255 or renegotiating to help the team right. and kick it down the down the road even more. And still, he's going to get it or get more. Yeah. Like the renegotiation is not going to be a drawback for Jalen Hurts. He's going to renegotiate, extend his contract at whatever the value is for a starting quarterback at that point. So he's getting it all, whether it's fully guaranteed on the paper or not. Unless there's some catastrophic uh, injury, he's going to get all that money. Because, I mean, Carson Wentz got all that money. That right. even though he didn't get it all with the Eagles, he got it all eventually. Jared Goff, same thing. People were like, how are we going to get out of this contract? It's like, nope, he got it all. He's kind of good again. Yeah. I, I mean, the Jalen Hurts thing is interesting because I, I don't hear the conversation around Jalen Hurts that we hear around Lamar Jackson about the limitations. Uh, and 
I don't think Jalen Hurts, although this season, like his numbers, passing numbers were great. Like I don't view Jalen Hurts as a better passer than Lamar Jackson. I think he is an incredible player, but I think they're both pretty good passers with some limitations. And I think this is about building a team around a guy and recognizing what he does well and what he's special at, and then giving him supports for the things that he doesn't do well. So like incredible offensive line, incredible playmakers at receivers at receiver, and then build the offense around uh, his special abilities. And I also think that this is, this is a bet on continued improvement. It's like what we saw with Josh Allen. It's like, and it's, it's actually an interesting contrast point to Lamar Jackson because a ton of the discussion we've had about Lamar is youngest MVP, He's the MVP, blah, 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 blah. With that said, when Lamar Jackson was the MVP, Jalen Hurts was in Oklahoma because he had to leave Alabama because he couldn't be two out for a starting right. job. Joe Burrow had just finished an underwhelming season at LSU, and we weren't sure he was going to even start his senior year. Um, like Stuff has changed so much, and I, I genuinely feel like some of these quarterback contracts are a weather vane for how teams can see them in the future. And that's where I wonder does Lamar come back to the table and basically be like the 240 uh, every dime guaranteed. I can bend on that. Now there are good deals out there for me that are in a different range. Yeah. I mean, do you think that he can credibly, I think so. And I'm trying to be careful to like, not let my bias leak in too much. Cause I have like some Lamar bias. I, I, I said he was the best quarterback in the draft the year that he came out and, and no one wanted him. And uh, for whatever other reasons, I have Lamar biases. So, like, am I wrong to think that he deserves what Jalen Hurts has gotten? I, I don't think so. I think I think it was wrong to assume that any quarterback other than Patrick Mahomes was going to get the contract that if, if Patrick Mahomes was up now, was going to get the contract handed to him that Deshaun Watson got. I think that was always a, like based on the way that uh, NFL state media reacted to that contract demand. I think it was clear that that was. Never going to happen. I know that's like yeah. a hard thing to say, but it just wasn't. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know strange. that I agree with you. Uh, okay. I mean, I mean, I guess uh, it depends on the resolve. It depends on the team and it depends on the player. I, I, I get you like by and large, the league never wants something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, who's willing to give up on a franchise quarterback? You think that yeah. if Joe Burrow is like, nah, give me this fully guaranteed contract that they're not going to figure out how to get him that money? Or I mean... That's a good point. Maybe it's just that like, so these numbers have become so staggering too, where it's like, you're going to get all your money. Who, who really cares if it's 180 or 240? This is more of a, a pride point. Um, but I don't know the reaction to that. And also the fact that the two guaranteed contracts that we saw, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson, both, I, I, I guess, TBD on the Deshaun Watson one, if he ends up playing better, but they're more or less disastrous last year with what they did to yeah. the teams because of it. But I guess that's to your point. I don't think that it matters if yeah. the player you're not going to move on from Justin Herbert. So if Justin Herbert does not show up to camp when he is up for his deal, they're going to give him the money. I mean, maybe they'll have the resolve to be like, hey, we're in a new city. We're trying to get a fan base. We have one of the best quarterbacks in football. Yeah, we'll let him take a whole year off. Like I don't know that all the I, well, I could say maybe some teams have the resolve to do that but all the teams don't. There's a team that's going to be like, all right, after after a couple of weeks of training camp and they look at what they got in the backup situation, they're going to come around. And the Ravens still could be that team. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I think we're leaning. We're, we are careening towards Lamar Jackson back on the Ravens. I genuinely think that if you had asked me that two weeks ago, I would have been like, OK, you know, put down the crack pipe. He's, he's gone. <laughs> it feels like he gets a win, too, which I think is always yeah. the thing that, that um, they both win. Yeah. It's something that is always in, in my mind when you're talking about negotiations, especially public negotiations, is you need to give your opponent uh, a graceful exit. Like it, it does, it does not pay to like dance on the grave and dunk on them. So the Ravens need to be able to sh- say that Lamar Jackson won in this deal, and they also need to be able to say they won. So, do you think that Lamar is happy about the deal that Jalen Hurts got? <sighs> Probably not. And that's where it's interesting because how is yeah. it going to feel like a win for him? Well, I think it feels like a win if he gets more. He gets one dollar more, then it feels like a win. Maybe, but I guess the, the tough thing, and this is part of the, the drawbacks, I've been like defending him about not having an agent. The, one of the drawbacks about not having an agent is not not being able to like coordinate or communicate mm-hmm. at all, because I think it's more likely like collective action is really where the power lies with the players. And if all the quarterbacks was like, you know what, the face of your league where none of us are showing up without guaranteed contracts, that's a different story, which is something you have to, I, I doubt all the quarterbacks would want to do that because somebody offered me 177 guaranteed. I'm going to say, sorry, brothers, <laughs> good luck to you, but I'm going to take, I'm going to sign this paper. Right. And so that win to me seems like it's probably not going to happen now, but if, it, if the win was for him to go from, 130 guaranteed to that 160 to 180 that mm. seems on the table getting a contract in line with Hertz seems on the table and to me it seems like really advantageous for the ravens who like need to figure out their cap situation like they're hamstrung and building their team around him if they can't get this deal done because he's not going to play on the 32 so it has to be a meet in the middle somewhere yeah you think he wouldn't show up yeah i don't think he'll show up on the 32 either well the, the, the 32 is not is not beneficial for him whatsoever yeah I mean, it's $32 million, but I get you. Yeah. But it seems also like the, that's not just the only option. The option yeah. is still to negotiate a deal that's bigger than that. Right. Just not the deal he initially wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope he plays. Uh, I do too. I do think he lost leverage on what he wanted today. I genuinely do. Yeah. I mean, he, it's hard to argue that he didn't. Every Every deal that's not fully guaranteed between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson is uh a bit of the strike on his leverage. But the one thing that if you've learned nothing from me talking about leverage and negotiations, it's like what you can make the other side credibly believe is your alternative. That's your Mm -hmm. leverage. So like it doesn't, I guess in our view, his leverage has changed, but if he's serious about, no, I'm not showing up. His leverage has not changed. If the Ravens believe he's serious about, no, I'm not showing up. His leverage has not changed. I think the story around it changes and I've like softened like, oh man, it's going to get really hard to get, but his leverage only changes when his opinion changes or his, um, his resolve shifts. And I don't think, I don't know how that's impacted. I think that this would shift my resolve. If I look up and like, man, another person signed a deal. And to me, more than anything, that shifted the narrative on it online. I, the, 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 the reaction to Jalen Hurts is fascinating because I think he's like largely beloved. Like you saw uh, initially all the tweets were like, this is such a special person. I've never seen a reaction like Nick Saban did after he came in in relief and won that uh, right. national semifinal game. He's loved by X, Y, and Z. P- 
part of Lamar has to want that too. He has to want the the adulation that will come with signing this deal and people being like, "You're you're great. We love you." Yeah. Unless we don't think he cares about that at all. He has to care some, and I do think that where his resolve can be tested is, I think, in large part, a lot of people have been on his side. A lot of people who are adamantly opposed to him, but people like me who have been on his side publicly and fans who've been on his side publicly, I think they lose a little bit of like desire to support him when when you start to look up and be like, oh, man, seems like this fight is lost. And so if that impacts him and it's all it's all about his psychology, does he care about that? Does that impact him? Does does this matter to him? I find it hard to believe that anyone exists that it does not matter to at all. But as far as NFL quarterbacks is concerned, Lamar is one who seems like it does. It matters less to him than it does to most. And and the last thing I would say about that is it questions our resolve in talking about him in the sense that it becomes less significant where it's just like, dude, come on, just take the hundred and seventy seven million dollars. Like, let's let's get this done at this point. And that's going to sound crazy when you break it down and you're like, okay, you be the one to tell him to take 60 million dollars less guaranteed. But also, it's still like, come on, let's get this done. You're going to get your money. Let's play football. Like, unless the offers are so insulting and we just don't know it because he doesn't have an agent leaking it. It now just seems. Yeah. Silly to not get it done. I mean, if I was um, Eric DaCosta, the GM for the Ravens, I would call Lamar today or text him 178 guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's let's do this deal right now. 178 guaranteed over five. And hopefully he picks up. <laughs> I'm just imagining him, him Logan Roying and just responding with Fuck off. <laughs> Oh, man, we have to talk about that show at some point when there's a a lull in the sports calendar. But that ain't now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do. You do. We all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, on Yeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We got the NBA playoffs, and game ones were incredible. So many injuries, mm-hmm. which, like, I don't know. I, I imagine I was just looking back at previous um, playoff seasons and wrote some things down, like the AD injury a couple years ago and Kyrie and Harden. I think that was in 2021. Um, mm-hmm. KD and Clay in 19, Kawhi in 17, um, D Rose back in 2012. Those were like big uh, injuries that like shifted. And then last yeah. year, obviously, we had like Middleton and I think Embiid had it, uh, the um, eye injury, right? Broken orbital face. Bone. Yeah. yeah. Orbital, orbital bone injury. Um, but all of them in game ones that seemed like they could shift the series. And the, the kind of the one thing that I thought when looking at the bracket that I knew was going to happen was the Bucks would be in the conference finals. Yeah. Because their side of the bracket consists of a bunch of teams that are nowhere near as good as them. Everything else, every other portion of the bracket, if you break it into quartiles like that is like really competitive on both sides. Mm-hmm. But that one is now also up in the air because Giannis fell, landed on his back and didn't finish the game with back contusions and now I like I shift to like coin toss territory, if not favoring the Heat. I mean, the Bucks have to beat the Heat even without without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like I'm not saying they will, but like right. if if we have evaluated these teams correctly over the course of this year and prior years in playoff performance you would think that the roster they have could continue to beat this. Honestly, what has been a mostly mediocre heat team that is now without Tyler hero. But this brings to, brings me to a, a bigger thesis, which I think became incredibly clear this weekend. That is one that you believe in strongly. Never has the NBA regular season mattered less. Yeah. The game watching the games, they are so different. It looks like a different sport between the final games of the regular season and the postseason. And I mean, the heat exemplified that because Jimmy Butler paces himself in that way, but that, that goes across the board, across all these series. And it makes it so it almost makes the evaluation period start now. Yeah. Like we know certain (laughs) things to be true, but the, the, the stuff that we were unsure about, it's a, it's a totally new sample. It's really hard to project because what you're doing is you're like imagining uh, based on previous postseasons less than based on the regular season that you just left. And yeah, it's hard to predict. And I think you're right. They should, the Bucks should beat the heat, but they won't. 
I think the they're they're better than the Heat even without Giannis, and I think taking Hero out, uh, Giannis and Hero is obviously not a, a equal uh, step back, but it's a trade the Heat will make every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But the Bucks, I think, uh, should, but they won't because they're it's something different about taking out that centerpiece to your team that it impacts you uh, in a different way than the Heat are losing Tyler Hero, who is an important piece, but he's not Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah. And the Bucks have lost Jimmy Butler and then some. And I'm, I think we're all assuming that he'll come back, right? Like, I, that's my assumption. He'll be back. Giannis will be the back. New, the dude's knee bent the other way, and then he demolished yeah. the two yeah. two series with pure physicality. Um, yeah. Like, he's the most indestructible person seemingly in the league right now, taking that crown from LeBron, who had it for 17 years. And, like, I just can't imagine him not playing in some capacity. <laughs> But I mean, I guess it depends on how bad this is, how much it yeah. lingers, what happens, and like yeah, I, I just internet doctored so hard. Don't take yeah. anything I said as as fact. <laughs> yeah. Um. And like we're looking at a situation where I think the Knicks are better than the Cavs, and we could mm-hmm. have the Knicks in the conference finals because the Heat could beat the Bucks. But it's just it's a mess over there right now. We'll see if Giannis shows back up at some point, which I guess when you guys um watch this, oh, they'll be about to play right. Yeah, they'll play again yeah. on. Tuesday, so they wouldn't have played already. So we'll get we'll get some leakage of injury news, maybe a doubtful, a questionable, a probable heading into it. Just him not coming back though, just kind of shocked me. But maybe that was just yeah. a just a precautionary measure for Bud. Is like we can drop a game to the Heat and be all right. All right, and I mean the other injuries. So I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on the injuries, but like I, I I've been mocking the the Lakers could make a run. And it feels like I shouldn't have been mocking it now. We're just one game in, so I'm fully in overreact mode. But I thought the the Grizzlies would have no problem with the Lakers. But without John Morant, they obviously the Lakers, I think, probably are a better team. And then they have they're looking at maybe the Kings. Yeah. And in the, their best case scenario, they could also end up in the conference final, which is something I would have told you was stupid two days ago. Well, there's some inch- so watching that game. Even if Ja hadn't got hurt, like other than the the three minute stretch where LeBron sort of lost his mind for a second and had those three turnovers, and there was a AD was out of the game with a hurt shoulder, and the game flipped for a minute. Like Lakers dominated three quarters of that game, and I know we aren't counting quarters. That was the Celtics thing last I remember year. Remember that? That was so much fun. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, but 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 there's some interesting things there because Davis played as well as anyone can play. Oh my and there are smart people online who basically said that given load management, there was a really interesting case for Anthony Davis as defensive player of the year this year. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to win the award. I don't even know if he'll make first either all defense team. Uh, it was clear. He was the dominant defensive player in that game period, including Jaron Jackson on the other side. And it was clear that he's able to get to the level he has in the past. And by that, I mean, 2016 Pelicans, Anthony Davis, which was seven years ago uh, when he was, I don't, I don't know the numbers in front of me, but like a 34 and 15 in that first round series, they lost in five. Um, And so there are questions. One, can he do it consistently? Because that's always the question with Anthony Davis, but the ceiling is there on a per game basis. And two, you want to know what the big question for the Lakers is? Is LeBron going to be good enough to be a number two and be considered seriously after that yeah. game? Like he was bad. He he wasn't like wholly bad. He yeah, just I mean, wasn't he was bad LeBron. for LeBron. Yeah. yeah, 
And I mean, he's turning the ball over and like careless p- passes. And then like, even on defense, he had like explosive defensive plays, but he wasn't good, like consistently good on defense. Uh, if the question is LeBron, I think the answer is always yes. I think the real question is, um, one of these times where AD gets up grabbing a limb, which is going to happen two times a game in every game he plays. One of these times I get nervous that one of those times it's going to be a significant issue, an issue that hinders his ability enough that it hurts the team. And that's, that's the real thing. Let's turn, let's turn injury sliders off on Anthony Davis for a second. Assuming we get, some version of LeBron that's between the second half of the play in game when he was electric in the second half and the version we got in game one, what chance do you give the Lakers to make the conference finals? Cause for me, it's better than a 50, 50 chance at that point. If you, if you, if you, if you anchor the Anthony Davis injury sliders off, I'm just, I'm, I'm I, that, which is a, a, a massive, a big, <laughs> but um, in, in that case, yeah. Yeah, getting past the Grizzlies with uh, without with John Morant not being able to put a socks on um, because his hand is so messed up, I, I get them past there. If they see the Warriors in the next round, I don't see them getting past the Warriors. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I do see them getting past the Kings, though. And this is, again, this is like with health and and um, endurance and injury luck all on their side. Yeah, then I got them in the conference chat. I would go 33. I wouldn't go yeah. 50. For me, this team, it's like, it, it's it's really funny. Like, this team is a, is going to be a for anyone to play. They are so big and so physical. And I'm just thinking of a second round series where Jared Vanderbilt is like a 6'8 guy who's guarding Curry on the perimeter. And like, he's not going to stop Steph Curry. Yeah, nobody. But is. he's going to be physical with them. Like, we, we've seen physical guards um, make Curry's life problematic in the past. And I, I've been talking trash about Austin Reeves, but he came up big again. I need to get put some respect on his name. He's him, as he will tell you himself. The w- question on the Lakers thing. I've seen a little, some people being like, we got to owe, we owe Rob Polinka an apology. Like he did a really good job rebuilding the team. Destroyed it. A narrative I think is really funny. We give LeBron all the sh- for being a bad GM when these moves don't work. Do we give him any credit for then trading and getting out of his hole? Does no. the GM get no. any cre- credit for his midseason trade? No, I don't give him the blame, so I'm not going to give him the credit. You know how I feel. It's like if your title is the GM, then you need to figure out how to how to generally manage. And if your best player is bullying you around and making you pick bad players, then you are not managing generally enough. So, like, I'm, it's, it's your responsibility. It falls in in the category as your job, Rob Palenka. So yes, I will give him the credit for rebuilding it because I was not going to blame LeBron when for the Russell Westbrook decision and the Caruso decision and the DeMar DeRozan decisions. I'm not blaming LeBron for that. I blame the man whose, whose title it is, whose job it is. That's what Mm -hmm. you are responsible for. So if it requires you doing Jedi mind tricks on LeBron, then do them. If not, you're getting fired. So yeah. he he did whatever he had to do to rebuild this roster. So we should celebrate him and also blame him when it's his fault. I'm just stalling, trying to run out the clock so we don't have to talk about. Um, oh, come Suns. on, let's do it. Let's, let's do talk it. Sons clips. Oh, let's my man. do it. Durant's the best player in the history of the world. Oh, get it. Get off your soapbox, old man. Let's talk <laughs> about this accurately. This is this is there's this is one of the most fascinating player to player comparisons of Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant because 
You know it as well as I do. Durant is a seven-foot alien and is the most talented scorer in the narrative-wise anyone has ever seen. That's what they say. Kawhi, this is like Pedro Martinez being debated against Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens has the 350 wins and all the accolades, and that's Kevin Durant. Pedro Martinez, we all saw him in 99. We know he was unhittable, and we've seen Kawhi in these playoff games. And do you really, do you truly believe, I'm asking you this not as a Kevin Durant stand who's on his corner, that Kevin Durant is the best player in this playoff series. Yeah. Really? I mean, if I had to draft this playoff series, they just take the players that are available and I did draft this series, I'm taking Kevin Durant first. And maybe it's my bias, but I I get what you're saying. Like I it's it's close. I'm not gonna be mad if I get stuck with Kawhi Leonard. But Kawhi scores and it looks almost effortless and then there's his defensive um presence but guarded durant most of the game right and kevin durant was really good on defense too but at the end of the game when he actually guarded Kawhi, right but his defense is i mean his scoring just feels like i think the issue with this team is not kevin durant while we want to boil this down to durant versus versus Kawhi, i think things will look different if if uh, Durant had the things that Kawhi has, including the what? coach. You're telling me if you flip them, it would look think- better for Durant. If Durant was on the Clippers with without Paul George and that team, it would look better for Kevin Durant than if Kawhi Leonard was playing in Durant's role. I'm reaching. Just reaching. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I think the depth is a problem. For the, yes. I mean, this is not revelatory. Like Everyone knows that the depth is the problem. And... Chris Paul is not Chris Paul. He's a guy He's a liability. who looks like Chris Paul playing basketball in a way that is not always helpful. Devin Booker was incredible. Defensively, especially. I thought Devin Booker was incredible. He was so, total alpha for that team. Yeah. So, yeah. But the lack of bench help. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't. I can't let go of it. Like, he's, he's seven feet tall and as a shooting guard. Like, all right, Kawhi outplayed him in this one game, but whatever i want kevin durant uh, maybe i don't have a good argument maybe i'm just a stand but i is what i is you can have Kawhi as much as you want i'm taking kevin durant i just think it's like it's the the, the Kawhi leonard stuff is is fascinating to me like we're talking about a guy who was the only guy in the early 2010s who could guard lebron james yeah in the on, on the entire planet yeah um we saw him go in 2017 and reach this level where he was like Peak efficiency, absolutely on the medal stand with LeBron and Durant. Goes into the 2017 playoffs, is actually outplaying Durant before Zaza goes yep. under his foot. Uh-huh. His career goes a tiny bit sideways. Leaves San Antonio, wins a title where he is, again, the best player in the postseason. And the reason I find them so fascinatingly intertwined I mean, is Durant two years ago. And yeah. Clay got hurt in that. So, I mean. But he was objectively the best player in the finals. Yeah objectively because the best player Kevin Durant had popped his Achilles, but okay. Sure. But there, it wasn't even clear then he was better than, than Kawhi. Kawhi was playing it like a, you know, he's doing a Jordan impression. He does. Yeah, he, he was. You're right. I can't disagree he with does that. These but things I, that I think, Durant does. He so scores hold on, from the mid range. This is maybe this is unfair, but you think they, if clay and Durant are healthy, no, you think? no, of course not. That team was a fait accompli. It was unbelievable. Okay, go ahead. Proceed. Everything you said is true. 
my thing is just that it's this is a fascinating playoff journey because even two years ago I find them intertwined because when Kawhi blew out his knee, him and Durant were the two best players in the postseason. That was before Giannis went on his run and won it all, but Durant's toe was on the line and he was almost being the Bucks yeah. on his own. And Kawhi was almost dragging the Clippers to the finals. Like the the gap between these two is I think purely because Durant is more famous and because he's played more. He hasn't load managed as much. But like on a game by game basis, I actually just think that we've sort of underrated that Kawhi is just as good as Kevin Durant at all the things Kevin Durant does other than, you know, maybe getting open shots because of length and style and personality. I think play into it also, like as much as Kawhi, I'm sure wants to win, he doesn't seem to have whatever it is that Durant has in him. That is like, wants to be seen yeah. as great. I know Kawhi. I mean, I don't know. I assume that all great players want to be seen as great, but Kawhi doesn't put voice to it the way that um, Durant does, or he does that article back in the day about being number two all the time. And then he's so clearly chasing something at all these different locations. And I don't know that story, I think elevates Durant, but we just have more of Durant too. And that's your point about injuries and load management is like Durant got some, was drafted and was the guy from day one. Yeah. Kawhi like, kind of came out of nowhere and was on uh was on Duncan's team, Ginobili's team, Parker's team. It was never his team there even when he was the most impactful player in those uh in that late championship run. But it was never his team and we just didn't talk about him that way and I, I and he he's like we don't think about him as the scorer even though he is more than capable and shown it time and time again, but like when you think of Kawhi Leonard, you think of defense before you think of anything else. And I think it's hard to build, to have a player like that be in the conversation with the other players, even though it's not true that, I mean, I guess it is true that he's his best attribute is defense, but it's not true to assume that he's like a defensive player. Yeah. It's just what I we mean, think about. He does things in very similar ways to Kevin Durant. He is the right there with Durant is the two most efficient mid range players in the league. And he scores at an incredibly similar clip efficiency wise. Like he was another 50, 41, close to 90% from the free throw line this year. I know Durant was 55, but like they're very similar in the way they do things. And you think of defense. I think of, you think Kawhi Leonard, I think of playoff assassin. Like if this series goes six or seven, I think he is clearly the more trustworthy player down the stretch of these games. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was thinking of like specific skills. It's like you think of um, LeBron, you probably think of him as like a passer or like a facilitator. You think of the Marvel. Yeah. You think of Durant. you think of him as a, as a big ass scorer. Who's like, that's the thing. When you think of Kawhi, his trademark is what you said at the beginning of this is he was the only person that could credibly defend LeBron James. Like you think of his defense before um, anything else. And I'm still waiting to see, Somebody give me a good reason why they shouldn't just run, um, give Durant the ball at the top of the key and screen, let him get to that mid-range jump shot. Like, they, nobody they should. Stop. No, no, they, they should. And actually, to your point about coaching, they trolled the Suns into playing the way they wanted to, into giving, putting the drop coverage under the basket and letting Aiton take little floaters. And um, interesting about that game, I think if you lined up uh, Zubac and Aiton, you would assume they play opposite ways. 
Like yeah. Aiton with like little floaters and not dominating on the glass, not dominating, dominating with physicality. And Zubac was just like stronger and muscled him and played more physically. And, you know, the Suns are using Durant like an elevated version of Mikhail Bridges. And we've seen what Mikhail Bridges can do in other places, but like right. Durant needs to be the number one focal point of that offense. And right now he's playing like someone who's played nine games with that team. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the final excellent, an excellent nine games with that. We team. didn't even talk about how ridiculous um, Westbrook's uh, game was. And do we expect that from him going forward? But to your point, uh, why wasn't Kevin Durant shooting that last shot? Mm, well, I guess they've liked the matchup better than having yeah. Kawhi on Durant and having um, Devin Booker on Russell, but yeah, I don't know. That it makes me sad. Kevin Durant's not the focal point. He's still great, but it makes me sad. I just I just want him to shoot those pull-ups for the end of eternity. Well let's let's spin this forward a tiny bit before I let you out of your misery. What, what yeah, you can you feel think? the sadness just... I can feel it. I, I saw saw it drain from your face the the joy. Um what do you think the narrative of this series is going to be going forward? Because I don't think this is I, coming into this. I thought it was going to be a very straightforward series without Paul George. I no longer, I still think the Suns will probably win, but I no longer think it is a straightforward series. Yeah. How do you think this narrative plays out for, is it about Westbrook? Is it about, about Chris yeah. Paul being a liability? Is it about Kawhi yeah. or Durant? I mean, it it has to be about Kawhi or Durant. I think, I mean, uh, I guess Devin Booker's in that, in that tier also, but I think it's, it's about Kawhi as like how far Kawhi can carry this team. Cause I think while they're deeper, they're not more talented at the top. And yeah, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. I think that's the story of this is, is Kawhi going to run out of gas? Can his body hold up? Um, Can he defend Durant while also going score for score with Durant? And that's going to be the determining factor in this series. And I mean, Ty Lue, seems to be on top of things. We don't, I mean, Monty tried to run that backup lineup with uh Devin Booker at the <laughs> running the show. It was like, oh, oh, come on, Monty. My word for this series is anxiety. The anxiety is going to build for the Phoenix Suns. It's going to build for Chris Paul not getting over the hump. It's going to build for Durant being on another team that was favored to win the conference. And I think we're going to have, it's going to be more than this series. I think there are legitimate stakes for Durant here. I think Chris that Paul does so at, many things that piss me off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But there are legitimate stakes here. Like as much as Durant wants his historical place right. ironed out and, and given to him in his flowers for being one of the greatest players of all time, losing a series to someone who is on par for with you when you guys are the guys, that yeah. stuff matters. And that stuff is interesting because Kawhi has sort of been lurking on this metal stand as the bronze medal forward of this generation. Um, and that is not set in stone. And Durant is one of those guys that people seem to want to tear down and are looking for reasons to like this. I, I, to your point by anxiety is like it has to be something that's weighing on him because we know he cares. And there are people who uh, do the bus driver thing and they're looking for reasons. You're one of those people. That's stupid. I was just laughing because we were just joking that he wasn't the bus driver in that game. <laughs> I mean, he was. Yeah, he wasn't at the those final moments but he's the best player yeah anyway uh yeah so it there's a lot of pressure on on him going forward i don't think the same amount of pressure is on Kawhi, in part because they expected to lose because they lost um paul george but we'll see how it goes the last thing i'll say is um chris paul is 
really, really smart basketball player, but he does all these little like bad basketball player things. Like it's kind of like Patrick Beverly, except he's not like, you don't have to be like that. And I, he just like, he always seems so in control of the offense and in control of the game, but in less control of his emotions. And it's a very weird combination that I didn't know was possible, but I guess when you're undersized for the entire league that like, you are just a pit bull all the time. And there aren't many guys. I was going to say aren't many guys who've had the success at his size, but there aren't even many guys at his size that even get to the NBA and play in the NBA. And he's an all time great at his position. But what comes with that is nut punches and jabs and throat chops and all types of garbage that I'm just like, come on, Chris, please stop. I, I want to love you. Don't make it so hard. Uh, the, the the secondary battle of demonstrative point guards with him and Westbrook is going to be fascinating to watch. Either whoever loses that series and get crushed. Like Westbrook, I feel like the the little stuff that that um that Paul does would be more consistent with the Westbrook personality. But Westbrook doesn't do stuff like that. He just yeah. flies around and just like he was a Tasmanian devil in that game. And he will likely be one in the next game. And who knows if you're going to come out on the good side or the bad side, but he's going to give you a lot of action. And it's something that you have to account for. They're both teams, frankly, even if he's on your roster, you have to account for it. Like, All right, Russ going to do some wild stuff. Let's make sure that we are here to pick up the pieces around it. And but yeah, there's getting getting second and third and fourth shot opportunities because the Tasmanian devil, no one can box them out, is is certainly valuable. If only except you can't separate that from the confidence that he has to keep shooting when he's three for nineteen. Like, stop that. Set a screen, <laughs> Russ. Set a screen. Oh well. All right, Charlie. It's been fun. Up next, Roses and Thorns. He's so good. Oh. Is Dominique been lately? Bad or good? Let's find out. This is Roses and Thorns. All right. Everybody's favorite part of the show. It's not necessarily, but that's so sweet of you to say. Y'all, Dominique got a haircut for the first time in forever. I feel like I want to sing that Elsa song. Or is it Anna? For the first time in... It's real sad. I don't come on here citing Disney things because I know that Disney pays your checks. I just have the chat like the brain yeah. of someone who's obsessed with disney like last week it was operation dumbo drop and polly this week it's elsa already you can't even just, just you can't blame it on in. being a parent though because like you had a disney infatuation it might be operation aggressive. dumbo drop and and um polly were like definitely before when i was a child and yeah. uh, pre uh almost pre or preteen who couldn't see pg-13 movies um and for my baby moon not that it was really baby moon, but when I was pregnant with my second child, Avery, our oldest was two. And I was like, we should go on one trip before we have it. I was like, let's go. Yeah, terrible. I'm, I love Disney World. It's a wonderful, happiest place on earth. But I mean, we've been there a little too many times. But uh, it's nice to mix it up every now and then. Go somewhere different. Ski. Go to a beach. Or go to Echo Hill. He got oh, back yeah. from his camping trip last week, guys. He spent two nights, three days out in the woods with my son in my son's class. And of course, like, you know, other chaperones. Um, And he had the best time. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's unfair to call it a camping trip because we weren't like camping. We were outside for all of the day, but we would go into these like dorm type places that had electricity and running water. So I feel like it's not 
fully camping, but we were in the woods and the swamps and and the Chesapeake watershed and feeding goats and doing all types of stuff for three days. It was surprisingly better than I thought it was, but it was funny just watching the kids interact and watching all the girls try to be like adults while all the boys try to be wild animals. And of course, it's not all on either side, but like there's a couple boys that are like uh, sitting down reading during free time. Mm. But the rest, I know those are the outliers. The rest of them are just doing physical things and communicating with grunts and and they had, they had jokes too. I was surprised at like how mature some of their jokes were at at the age of ten. But hey, I guess I think back. Sixteen PG thirteen movies. Yeah, I guess thinking back, I was I knew about stuff. I had I had my ghetto boy. I didn't. I knew about I nothing. Was I was still watching Polly. That's why we have to buy books for each other every now and then. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but he's him not. And it wasn't he wasn't my only source on this. Another parent that was there was like none of the boys showered um, for two nights. And I was like, no, I named two. I was like, you know, those two showered to like how they're outliers. I was like, no, those two they're, they're clean. Not all the boys didn't shower. But I was just like, ew, I was so worried when I put my son back in my car at the end of the day, because even though Dominic chaperoned, he left. And then my son rode the bus back with the kids um, and Dominic had to get straight to record something. So he left like a little bit before the bus pulled off. Um, and so when I picked my daughter up from school, I just picked my son up too, since I was there. And I was like, windows down, start airing the car. <laughs> but he actually it? didn't smell that bad. I mean, in the, in the dirty boys defense, dirty. they didn't have a, a shower time. You were supposed to shower like their, their days were pretty well scheduled. You were supposed to shower during one of the free periods. And what 10 year old is going to stop playing their games or they were playing football every day or playing tag or playing whatever games they were playing to go take a shower. So like, then we get back to the dorms and we got to get ready to do a night hike or something like that. And then we get back and it's, and it's bedtime. It's time to settle down in bed. But I, um, yeah. I felt like uh, it was funny because they would they had. Um, Did you shower? Yeah, I showered every night. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I showered after bedtime when, oh, when okay. the kids were down. I would go take a shower. But the way the dorm was set up, it's like one long hallway with like an entrance in the middle. There's four rooms on either side. And in either in all the rooms, there were a collection of five to six boys. And it quickly devolved into like jail rules where they was or they had like. Um, Echo Hill gangs where they were trying to steal stuff from each other's room. They was repping their room and fighting with other rooms. It was really absurd. And I felt like a, a parole officer standing in the hallway, breaking up fights, fake ones. Not a parole officer. That's not. Oh, word. yeah. A correct, correctional officer. Yeah. They know your terms. Yeah, I'm sorry. I haven't. I haven't been locked up in a while. Um, yeah, when you texted, when you said that to me, I was, um, I was like, no, that's not what you mean. Um, well, I'm proud of you. That is your rose. Like it was your rose last week when you were about to do it. It's still your rose because I could not have done it. So you are a hero. I love you. Another pre-rose or a, another rose that it will be a pre-rose is oh. um, I may or may not. I'm contemplating taking a girl's trip this weekend. Um, we went to the beach a couple of weeks ago at the end of their spring break. And it was just so relaxing for me there that I was like, I'm going to come back here. Um, and so I'm contemplating a girl's trip. Bye. Girls trip though. I don't mean like a real girls trip. I mean me and my two girls, my twelve year old, my six year old, or seven. She's seven. It was her yes, birthday her over birthday the weekend. weekend. Um, me and my um twelve and seven year old might go because Declan has all his sports games and then like a service project that he's actually really excited for because it's 
in Rock Creek Park and like he loves nature and then a birthday party and he doesn't want to miss those things. I'm like, an idea you can say with your daddy and we we can go i haven't put the tickets yet though because with all the rain in florida recently i was like the kids are off school friday so i was like we could leave thursday evening or thursday pick them early even i wouldn't do that haha um we could leave like thursday i found a five o'clock flight i was like can grab baby from school and rush to the airport basically this is one of those things that like um it's like you and dessert when we go to dinner, you're like, I don't know, maybe I'll get dessert. When you start, when you put the maybes out there, it's like, maybe I'll buy this really expensive purse. When you start putting the maybes out there, I already know what time it is. I already know. Th- He's like, I'm going to help you try to find a cheap ticket, though. <laughs> yeah, I know it's happening because you don't. Yeah, that's not uh, you. What? I guess Me? I don't know if it's a conscious strategy. If you're just like, man, I'm just preparing him for this. Like, I'm going to buy this overpriced bag. So I'm going to start saying maybe for a month just to get him ready for it. Or if you actually are unsure. But I know. I know that you're going to Miami this weekend. I know that you're buying the things that you want to buy when you talk about. And you know who really wants to go even more than me? Avery. Avery, I mentioned it, unfortunately, like out loud. She was like, so about that trip to Miami. And she had the nerve to mention it in the car this morning. We're just trying to have a happy Monday, dropping off the three kids. We don't always have happy car rides, especially not on Mondays. People don't really want to go to school on Mondays. Um, And so Avery's like, so Miami this week or not? And I was like, shut trying to bring this up in front of your brother because while he doesn't want to go he also thought like i mentioned to him a long time like, he does want to like, go he just doesn't want to miss his stuff yeah he doesn't want to choose this over his activities he loves the beach so i asked him though when i first crossed my mind like right when we got back and i looked at the calendar and saw their day off was like a a spontaneous or kind of spontaneous day off and that they only announced it a couple weeks ago because it was like since there were no snow days this year they were like well we have a snow day a spring snow day like to give the teachers you know they, they count snow days in the schedule so um since they didn't have to take any they're giving them off this friday and so when i realized that after we had such a great time i was like hey deck like how would you feel like, you know, skipping your football games? No, I will not miss my football games. Like, that's really great of you. Okay, girls, how would you feel skipping your soccer games? We'll definitely miss soccer games. The little one don't want to play at all, which I'll get to in a second. Um, but, and actually in the end, they actually don't have any this weekend, so they won't oh, be missing cool. any. She really wants to go. And she brought it up in the car and definitely acted like he was fine with us going without him. But then when Avery brought it up, he was like, hold on, you're not joking. You really would go on a trip to a beach without me? And I was like, oh, yes, I would. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done it before. We went to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico without them, but I know but be without okay. his He'll sisters too. Without the girls, it's like that. I'm bringing his sisters and not him, which I don't like either. I like to keep the family close, you know. I like us to do things as a unit. So I think that's another reason I have mixed feelings about going. He'll be fine. We'll have a good time. And you're already going. I'm already. We'll have about- a good time. You mean you and Declan will have a good time? Yeah. Okay. He has a busy schedule, man. That's fine. I mean, it's not going to be any more busy this weekend. We just passed. We had. Four games on one day with a birthday dinner, a birthday party the day before, and another game on Sunday. And the kids had two birthday parties to get to in the middle of that day. Yes. Yeah, I think that was that was a record. We had to call in some backup for some driving. So I think I can handle one kid with three games this weekend. We'll be all right. We'll figure out something fun to do on Friday, maybe. Yeah, well, he has a birthday party at four on Friday, though, too. Well, I mean, if he's not going to school, I got (laughs) from wake up till four. You never know. If you let him stay up late, he might not. Um, And I feel like on the one hand, I'm like, well, I mean, it's it's fair. If anything, I'm taking two kids and just leaving you with one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's always fair. It's one of those things I was thinking where you got a lot of the dads that I talked to after I got back from Echo Hill was like, man, you got a lot of points. That's like... 
bull doo doo. Like, I mean, when does anyone care? Like, it's I don't have like an account, and I don't ever remember being like, "Hey, I'm gonna do this because of that." Like, it's not like I, I'm trying to figure out how I could use these points because I feel like these type of points expire fast as shit. Like, a week from now, you're not gonna be like, "Hey." Why don't you go on a guy's trip to Vegas with your friends? I told you you should go see air last night. Get the f- with my brother <laughs> and sister. I don't really like going to movies. Go so. see a movie. That's my that's my um that's my my cash in is I get to go see a movie after the kids are gone to bed. That's not a cash in for three days in the woods with uh, animal children. I didn't go to dinner when you got back because I said that would be messed up with me, even with a babysitter coming, because like, I know even with a babysitter, they'll bother you. And in fact, you went out and you went out before. Like, I'm trying to let you live your life. Oh, I'm not saying that you don't. I know I'm capable of doing these things. It's just a funny thing where it's like you have all these points. People are like, you got all the brownie points. What you going to do with that? Like, I don't know. Is it, it, I, I just don't know. Maybe Take other me to Vegas for my birthday to see Usher. Yeah, maybe other people's relationships work differently where you have like a true accounting of how many points have earned been earned versus uh, used. But I, it, that's not how this one works. Yeah, I don't think that's healthy. Let's <laughs> not. Let's not. Because, you know, there are going to be times in a relationship where it is like equal points put in on equal side and there are going to be times where it's not. And then like you can't value the same things the same like so how will you ever qu- you can't quantify everything i'm not quantifying anything my thoughts on why that that's just would make me sad would it make you sad so yeah. it sounds like you're feeling like like you would feel like you put you have a lot more points in in the bucket no i was just saying it make me sad if we're out here like um tallying up points Tip like that oh, okay okay i think it would make you sad to look at the tally. No, no, the tally is not a thing that we should ever look at. I was just saying that, like, I feel like I deserve a certificate that I can use like those coupons at some point because. Does this man not hear that I've given him two weeks of roses about this? It feels like he doesn't appreciate roses. Oh, my bad. Yeah, thank you. Got a You're whole welcome. Laurel. That's what that thing is called, right? I mean, you get like oh, a, okay, a yeah, fly, fine. You flowers, got that. A full. Laurel. I posted on my Instagram stories all about it. I have been praising you. That is um, left and right. um, When you if I were to like buy my I did this when I was a kid once I bought my mom a Nerf gun for Christmas. (laughs) But I feel like that's what you posted me on Instagram is like you giving me a gift that you actually want. Whereas like I don't give a if I bought Instagram. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying I am I am praising you left and right. Thank you. Doing what I can. Love praise. That's my love language is praise. Also left and right. I, I would like And what did I say I was going to do for you that I couldn't do for you? Why I didn't go out Wednesday night? I wanted to make sure it was my fault that you had to go to dinner with Pablo Wednesday night. I wanted to make sure that you could be left alone in the basement. Like once the kids were like settled and we done, I did have to like run back and forth and run kids around. But I was like, he's been around people. Whether it's in the woods or not, he could be at like a resort. He could be like in the Galapagos, like somewhere he'd be excited to go. But not being there alone, like having no free time for three days sounds like he shared a bunk like with all the teachers and chaperones. Like, like that sounds very, very challenging for him. And so I was like, I can't do anything on Wednesday because I need to be home to like repel the children from him. Like to be like, no, daddy gets a long time in the basement with something to kill. He has earned this. Um, And it's not my fault you had to go out. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I don't I'm not gonna I'm not looking to cash it in. I just thought it was funny because all the 
the dads were telling me that and I was like joking with them like I don't I don't know. But they how all that... know they don't get points either. <laughs> yeah, they just I don't say know that how to be works. funny. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things that you just say. Uh like happy wife, happy life. Exactly. Now that one is true. Oh, it is. <laughs> that one is so totally true. And I think you see it, but I think it also was happy husband, happy life. Like you, when was it a couple times recently we were out and you I'm grumpy all the time. You claim, no, you're not grumpy all the time, but you are grumpy sometimes. And you claim to not notice this. So one thing that gets him really grumpy, guys, is um I will admit that like when my son has sugar, you see the difference in him. And it's like a painful difference. So like like sugar is but he's a child and who likes sugar. So like we don't like totally restrict in front of it. But like when Dominique, like Easter morning, obviously there was a little bit of candy in the baskets. Then we went to brunch and there was beignets um at brunch for recovering her powder sugar. Um and like I can't remember what. Oh, no, he got shrimp and grits. He didn't even get anything like sweet, but the beignets and it's really simple. So there was a lot of sugar Easter morning, but my was at least it's in the morning. So, yeah, my impact is behavior. But like I'd rather have it in the morning <laughs> than be done. And then but before we even left for church, Dominique was like putting all the candy. And then it sucks because the girls who don't have the same negative reaction to sugar, they also have to have it limited because it's like we can't keep theirs around and move my son's. Um, so he's like putting all the candy hurriedly in like trash bags from there or, or we didn't throw them away, but he hit like in, in, in grocery bags, to, like tie up and hide before we go to church. And then you had a stank mood, which like you can claim that you did not notice you had. And I think it was like you were either mad at me for like giving them access to sugar or like mad about sugar or mad that Jesus rose from the dead. But it was like Easter and like, you know, a joyous, nice day brunch with our family. And you were like grumpiest, you know what? And when I tried to call you out on it, you were like, no, but then it just set the mood for the whole family. We were all just like, like trying not to talk. So yes, happy wife, happy life. But also like when you're unhappy, it does affect the mood. You misremember these things. Nobody cares when I'm unhappy. Like it's just not yes, a thing that's do. real. It Nobody really changes cares. the it's mood. It no, mood. it does, Dominique. It feels like we're walking on eggshells. Well, no, Nobody I walks on eggshells around me. Yes. Nobody treats me with that type of like fear. No one is scared of me being I mean, sad or fear. upset. <laughs> it's just not how it is. It's just not no, real. Honey, when you, Lauren, okay. I wish you were here right now. She's coming over in a bit. Lauren was at brunch with us, my sister. And like both of us were like giving each other eyes like, oh Lord. Like, and like no one, we weren't having like a fluid conversation. It wasn't like, like when you, get in your little grumpy stink mood it does it sinks the whole ship yes it's true and we both have talked on here before about how like we notice like that when one of our children is really unhappy it impacts our happiness too so i really think yes like happy wife happy life is a nice rhyming saying but i think that's so true for like the whole family like like all of us kind of rise and fall together cool i mean maybe i was stink i think easter turned out just fine it did it did we got back on track Oh, because I, I, you don't I remember being up. a little bit grumpy at brunch. I don't. I remember you saying I was grumpy, but I don't remember being grumpy. But that is fine. I guess sometimes I get grumpy. I, I mean, generally, I, I, you and my like understanding it of does. or relationship with food and our children is always something that's like frustrating. Where it's just like, I don't know, just sugar all the time. Even if it, even if it makes everybody stay worse, it's like, hey. Have at it, kids. It's just I sugar not, it up. I'm not that awful. I didn't say you were awful. It's just you don't you don't have that. We did I have didn't... a birthday party for my daughter though on Friday, and the meal was 
pancakes because it was a sleep under. So it was like having a sleepover in one night kind of. And then they went home at eight. They wore their pajamas over. Instead of having breakfast the next morning, they had breakfast for dinner, which I really tried to dissuade my daughter from because like ordering pizza is so much easier than having to make pancakes. But uh, my aunt and Dominique made a lot of pancakes um, and we had bacon and eggs and fruit. Um, so so pancakes, pancakes and syrup and pancakes and syrup, fruit. And, and then later after the movie, cake. there was cupcakes and cookies. And I'm like, well, girls, maybe we should take the cookies home. Here's some Ziplocs. So <laughs> that might my little man cave. Yes, they did. They watched zombies, another Disney hit. Um, it's actually, I don't want to say it's not a hit, but I'm so tired of seeing zombies one, two, and three because my daughter is obsessed with them and just watches them anytime she can watch a screen. Um, but yeah, it looked awful because I gave them popcorn. <laughs> but I mean, that's what you do. So they also had popcorn sugar-free. It was not kettle corn. It was skinny pop. Oh, so nice. there we go. Skinny pop for the for the kids. Yeah, it was fun. She had a great time. The kids at her soccer game, they were saying, we had a great time at your party. It was fun. And then she at her soccer game was her normal self, like probably the one of the bigger and stronger and faster kids, but just does not care. Just out there occasionally playing hard for like a second. And then and and then do a car where like, I don't like soccer. I don't care if I might have the ability to be good at it, but it's just. But I asked her because like she had broken her arm in the fall, remember? So like when the girls in her grade were signing up, when like a, it's like parent driven. So a parent like led a sign up around like girls basketball. And I was like, Emmy, like, you know, I think then it was like it was coming off. I was like, Emmy, do you want to play basketball? If so you'll have to miss the first couple. This was in winter. You'll have to miss the first couple games. I think she once she broke her arm, it was fall soccer season. So she missed the last couple soccer games. And I was like, do you want to last one? Do you want to go and get your trophy? And I really didn't want to take her, if I'm being honest. I'm not going to get no trophy if I can't play. I'm like, you actually don't want to go when you have to play. She said, well, I definitely don't want to go if I can't play. So it's like, cool, good, because I don't want to go to sit and watch other girls play, even though I love them, they're sweethearts. And so for basketball, she chose not to sign up. But then she's always like, but why not? My friends say they have basketball. How come I don't get to go? I'm like, because you said you didn't want to and your arm was broken for, you know, a little bit of, of the season anyway. So then when it came time to sign up for spring soccer, I was like, Emerson, do you want to play soccer? And she's like, Yes. I'm like, but do you remember how much you didn't like playing soccer and ball? And like you would complain that we made you play soccer when we didn't. You said you wanted to, but we didn't let you Doing quit. It again. Um, and she was like, um, yeah, no, I don't want to play. And then she came home and her was like, my friend said I need to sign up for soccer. I want to play soccer with my friends. Like she just wants to talk to her friends. So after first practice, and it was like it got hot here early. So it was like a hot day, like after so um, afternoon. I know I love details. I said, Emmy, did you have fun at practice? And one of the girls' dads, he's so sweet. He coaches. Um, he has so much patience with those little girls. Um, but one of the dads, who's the coach, apparently had said something about he might bring donuts to the game. And so Emerson said, I only like it for donuts. Otherwise, we sit in a circle and sometimes we have to kick a ball. And I hate kicking a ball. Um, and so I'm like, so why the hell? This was before even the first game. I'm like, so why did we waste our time? Yeah, well, Declan's team had a Declan had a soccer game and they came up short in their soccer game. They did win their football game on a last second Hail Mary, one of their football games. Declan had an interception in that game. Then they lost the other game. He had an interception in that game too. So I think um he he didn't care I saw much. None about of the it. ends or any of these games. Yeah. Uh Avery's game, they this is the last year. So she's been on the same team with the same girls. This the sisters, they call themselves, since what? First grade? Kindergarten? Probably first grade. Kindergarten was probably COVID. Oh, yeah. First grade. And they play 
two seasons a year or something like that. Anyway, they've been playing together for a long time. And I think over the course of this time, they've lost like three or four games. Not the whole time, but I would say since since COVID, they've lost three or four games. Yeah. And they're they're probably much better than the girls in their league. They need to play in a more difficult league, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Their game, they... Oh, so many details. So many unnecessary details. Uh, I've already got to the end. You see how I just shut it down? Avery scored two goals in like the first 30 minutes and then played defense the rest of the game and they won. It was fun. It's good times in a rainstorm. I know. I was like, they can't just cancel this so I can get on with my evening. You didn't come to the game. I did make a lot of the games. I just wasn't there for the end. Oh, of yeah. The then we had to rush over to, to Cactus to have a big family dinner, which... And then Declan and I did a three-mile walk home because we were both sick of all them damn people. That was the highlight of my weekend. And so Declan should enjoy that I'm taking his sisters to Miami or whatever beach I can find that has good weather and decent price tickets this this weekend. We don't, we don't need your terrible spin. He can have just time with his daddy, his wonderful daddy, who deserves all the roses because he and all the points and all the buckets and all the accounts because he is a hero who's chaperoned a field trip and is going to be here taking Declan to all his activities while me and the girls are at the pool. Cash in all my points when we go to Vegas for a threesome. Bye. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. 